This is Chris. And this is Andrew, and welcome back to uh, part four of our continuing Disco Elysium coverage here at Video Games Cover to Cover. Episode 42. Is this is this part four? It is part yeah. four. Yeah, it is. Wow. It doesn't feel like it, but it definitely is. Well, I was going to say, Disco's actually gone on longer than I thought it would, which is uh, perfect for our needs. Yeah. And I'm perfectly fine with it because it's an amazing game. So I left off the last time right before I was going in the tent. And there are a lot of personalities in that tent. Three, specifically. There's Egghead, whom you get to solve a word puzzle where the first six things he says is just, yeah, over and over. And... It probably would have been fine if I didn't have to do this over and over and over again. About the 20th time I heard, yeah, I wanted to take Egghead and smash him into a pan (laughs) and scramble some of those eggs because I was so done. Yeah. So done to the point that I went online and was like, how do I solve this stupid puzzle? And everything was just, uh, just click number one for all of them. I'm like, wow, why didn't I try that? It's like answering C for every single question in a test, hoping that you pass. (laughs) I'll be honest. I never went back to do anything. Like I talked to him. I was like, yeah, this is a puzzle. Like, great. I'm done. You didn't even do it. That wasn't even required for anything. Nope. I talked to him. I got the, yeah, this is a puzzle. And I'm like, great. I am not going to bother. I'm, I'm just going to need a minute. Just a quick minute. You know, go on with the other personalities, Andrew. I just need to take a quick breather. Maybe go on mute. Yell okay. a lot. Okay. About how that was absolutely pointless and I wasted so much of my time on it. A good five, ten minutes that I'm never going to get back. Of having to five talk or ten minutes doesn't egghead. seem that bad, but do you not understand <laughs> that in five to ten minutes of talking to that person, it felt like a thousand years? No, I can definitely buy that because he was pretty miserable to talk to. And then you talk to his other genius friends who are just babbling on about creating the ultimate music dance party thing or whatever. That they want to do in some abandoned church. But they can't because there's creepy people in the church. There's some random lady and there's Crab Man. Crab Man. Yes. We're now dealing with a Crab Man. It's, it's like I mean, to be, the to first be fair, episode. Like, I would be worried about a Crab Man. It's like One Punch Man all over again. <laughs> the first thing you run into is Crab Man. And it's like, I guess I have to become a superhero. It's okay, because we'll do 100 push-ups and 100 sit-ups every day, and it'll be enough. Um, also, 100 crunches and a 10-kilometer run. You're right. Sorry. I would only, that would only get us halfway to superheroism. Wait, did you say sit-ups, push-ups? Yes. Sit-ups, push-ups, crunches. I just want to make sure I get it right, because if I get this wrong, all of my credibility has just gone down the toilet. Not that I had any before, uh, but... All of it's gone. Yeah, I've been sitting here touting about how great of a cop I've been. Meanwhile, 
you're sending me text messages on the side like, Hey, did you get the, the chest piece? Did you get the um, the arms? What? What are you talking about? That didn't happen. I've done everything that I can think to do, and I haven't found anything. I mean, Andrew, I'm pretty positive that I'm at the end of the game at this point. I'm sure of it. And I don't know where this chest piece is or where these arms are at, and it's killing me. I've clearly missed something, and I don't know what it is. Which is ironic, because I missed those boots, even though I knew where the boots were, and now I'm just like, yep, I could have had the whole set, but... No, no, no. You would have never wanted to put on the whole set, Andrew, because I put those boots on in front of Kim once, and immediately reloaded my save. And the reason is, because I put the boots on in front of him, I walked around, And I clicked on Kim, and he goes, there's a new option. Hey, did you see my new boots? And Kim goes, yeah, I saw them. Are you proud of yourself? So you stole them off the body. I I mean, I guess I just, I really wanted the boots. I mean, I thought that they might be necessary. It's not like I can do anything to you. I mean, it is what it is. It's done at this point. I hope you're proud of yourself not kim i'm really not i'm not <laughs> proud much any, of myself anytime kim gets upset at you my immediate reaction is i'm so sorry i'm like i i didn't know what to do i i'm so sorry man i really i just wanted the boots if you would just let me have them we wouldn't be here right now so really if you think about it kim it's your fault it is kim's fault i can justify it coming all the way back to kim It's your fault, Kim. If you had just given me the boots, you wouldn't be upset now. Yeah, they're dead guy's boots, but that dead guy seems to have been up to some shady stuff. So I need those boots. And and it's more of a want than a need, but I gotta have them. No, no, no. It was a need. Don't, Don't sell yourself short. This is Burger King, and I gotta have it my way. And my way involves those boots. Anyway, getting back to the church thing, after I talk to <laughs> the three personalities, the wonderful people, the great human beings that we have in that tent, who is definitely not setting up a drug den. I No, wa- definitely not, because, you know, what you need to set up a music venue is, like, one speaker, uh, not any other speakers, you sell your other speakers, and a bunch of distilled water, and, you know chemicals and stuff that's how you make music right everyone knows that that's how good music is made Ooh. <laughs> ooh. what do you mean ooh? i was like uh. <laughs> are you trying to say that i have a problem i mean i wasn't saying anything but you apparently drew that conclusion i drew the conclusion based off of your reaction i'm saying good music is created through massive drug abuse Yes, I think you might have a problem in that case. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Even though that is the premise of Lucy. Don't do Let's drugs. Let's be fair. There is no music being created in Lucy, awesome or otherwise. There was music, I'm pretty sure, th- that might have been created for that movie. Okay, but the person taking the drugs in the movie was not 
doing that. You don't know what ScarJo was up to. She could have been making music in the background while she was fighting off bad guys with superpowers. I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess so. What did she do in her free time? Before she had the ability to teleport and fly or whatever she does by the end of the movie, she had to get from place to place, and the movie just glossed over that. So you're saying she was, like, composing symphonies and stuff while she was riding in a cab? She had to have. If she had unlocked the secrets of the universe, then she would know that the only way to achieve true world peace is with the most stellar song that's ever existed. I see. Unfortunately, Tenacious D already wrote that song. I was talking about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. No, I know. Also a good reference. Well, we First of all, the greatest song in the universe... The best one we already determined was Tribute. Our, this is basically... Yes. Okay, so this podcast is turning into a music podcast, which is fine from my perspective. All I can tell you is that Lucy was a garbage movie, although I still enjoyed it, and drugs are bad. <laughs> drugs are bad. I'm glad we're bringing it back around. You know, this is all about drug stupor. This guy can't remember anything. It's because of the drugs. And don't take away... From this statement of, well, if you need to forget all of your problems, do a bunch of drugs. That's the opposite of what I'm talking about. If you want to move past your problems, you got to speak to a therapist, people. Please, if you need help, please seek it. For me specifically, I got the solution. Watch Lucy. I Speaking of Lucy, like when you say you've got the solution, I'm just imagining you doing the thing like in Peanuts and building a... Psychiatric help, five cents booth. Nobody wants my psychiatric help. And that's part of my issues that I have to deal with on a daily basis is that nobody wants my help. I got all the answers. Everybody keeps getting upset that I always suggest watching Lucy. (laughs) Everyone's always mad about that. I don't understand why. The movie's real bad, but it'll help you. I promise. You just got to sit here and be like, All the people that made this movie, like, look at their lives and understand that, like, it could be worse. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's so mean. I apologize. Listen, anyone who worked on Lucy, you had a vision. It Honestly, I really enjoyed the movie. Minus the questionable message of drugs are good and you should totally do them so you'll get superpowers. It wasn't a bad movie. I mean, it was bad to her in the movie. It's not like she intentionally took the drugs. No, I understand. What did you do? Go back. Here we go. Okay. So Andrew. No, I just distinctly remember that she like got stabbed or something and the bag got cut open. You were telling me about till death do us blart. You and me, Lucy, let's go. (laughs) Every year we just watch Lucy and talk about it every month. Let's do it. Let's get this going. Once a month, you and me will watch Lucy. All right. It'll be our new special feature podcast. There we go. (laughs) If we don't do a one shot at some point where we just sit down and watch Lucy and talk about it, that's a real missed opportunity. Anyway, I digress. Listen, drugs are bad. This game is good. Lucy's bad, but like, check it out because it's not horrible. (laughs) So oh my God. you get inside of this church and they got Lucy playing in the back. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you get there and <laughs> the church is obviously empty. 
there's nobody inside the church. It's there's a mainframe sitting there. What's interesting is that it appears to be connected to the failed experiment or whatever they were doing in the uh, that ruined room or whatever the the damaged bookstore section. I can't remember what they keep calling it. The doomed commercial area. Yes, doomed commercial area. It was a mainframe that looked a lot like what was in that Doom commercial area. and Well, I don't think it's connected to that. I'm pretty sure they just owned that because it was the game company. But that Feld Electronics that has a big sign and stuff um, has a bunch of computer stuff, and I'm pretty sure it ties back to that. Well, you go get the filament from their stuff, from their backup. Yeah. She said that they were working on the game, and it was a failure or whatever, but the main they, they she definitely tied it back to the mainframe in the Doom commercial area. She said that I think she was specifically saying that they just happened to have a mainframe that worked or whatever. But then I'm pretty sure she was also on that project because she it kept alluding over and over and over to the fact that this guy kept wanting backups. He wanted offsite backups, to which Harry was so confused over. He's like off site, but it's on the site. And she's like, buddy, it just means it's, it's not really, it's not connected to anything. Yeah, but it's an off site backup that you kept on site. Harry, buddy, move past it. I need you to, to go get this backup. Just forget about that. Can we take a second and just kind of talk about how like wild the technology in this world seems to be? Because like, it's got radio, I mean, there's clearly no television. Radios as advanced as they get, but they also have, like, computers that run on radio waves and, uh, like, this really advanced processing stuff, it sounds like, from the way people describe it, although I guess really advanced could be relative. I mean, there's also some weird anomaly in the church that you can't hear anything in. Yeah, and then there's some implications that the humanist so like the church that you're in is for i think it's a called humanism and it's all about some like regular person that lived a long time ago who was really amazing but oh wait it turns out that maybe she wasn't a human yeah because at one point something happens and her lungs start glowing or something and she heals everybody or something all i know is Kim seemed to be a believer of this. Well, and like, apparently one of her bodyguards murdered her because he was convinced that she was like some not human. Yes. It was all very, like, and it's interesting because all this stuff is coming up now and I'm like, where are they going with this? Because for the most part, the game has been pretty grounded in reality in this world. Like, no real talk of supernatural or whatever. And, you know, okay, that's a religious story so that can easily be written off as a myth or whatever but then we've got that weird no sound thing that that people act like is actually like a really big deal and i mean the thing with the cryptid but that didn't quite pan out as far as i can i'm aware i don't think you can actually do anything with that but, <laughs> it, but like it it's just interesting because it feels almost like the game took like a 90 degree turn on us at some point i mean yes and no Except for the fact that, I mean, this stuff might just be commonplace here. I mean, they have weird mainframe radio computers that 
work off of like electricity and water or wires and water or something. It almost kind of seems like this is just commonplace. Well, the the no sound thing definitely wasn't. Well, so so yeah, I agree. I don't think that is, you know, grounded in reality or anything. Is it possible to do so much drugs that you lose all of your memory? I mean, I'm pretty sure that's more possible than whatever else was going on. I don't know. There's strange sound anomaly. I'm sure that there's probably a strange sound anomaly on our planet somewhere. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Here's the problem I have. So Henry brings up the fact that you talk to her. First, you talk to the crab guy where the crab guy basically talks about how he's found religion and that's all he really cares about. And he's like super athletic and he just stays up there and just does whatever he does all the time. And his religion is basically about that silence. So I'm sitting there Well, I'm standing there talking to the crab man and he goes, hey, so crab man, is that what you call me? Uh, no, that is what these dudes in the tent out there call you. By the way, are you going to care if they move in? And then he's sitting there going, yeah, uh, no, I don't really care. I'm just going to be up in the Raptors, not really, you know, I probably won't even be able to hear them. Yeah, I mean, he was mostly okay with it, for sure. Actually, I don't even, shouldn't even say mostly. He just was straight up okay with it, because he's like, yeah, I won't even know they're there. And then it's like, that's strange. They want to make like a giant rave party. And you're under the impression that you're not going to hear them at all. Yeah, man. No, it'll be fine. I'm not going to hear anything. (laughs) No, no, we got this. So, yeah, it was just that whole interchange was kind of strange. And I mean, everything about that man was strange. Everything about this specific section, because the problem I have is I sort of kicked off the end of the game basically right after I had done all of this. So I I went back and I talked to her and she essentially said, Hey, I need this tape that's in the, or in the doomed market or whatever it was. Right. The doomed commercial area. Because they have a mainframe. The question I have is, was the mainframe stuff automated? Was the radio operator automated or is that like a real person? I don't know. That was one of the, again, that comes back to like how weird all the technology feels. Cause yeah, I really don't know what that was about. Cause you have like a conversation. I mean, if it was automated, then that would be some level of like extremely advanced, you know, AI sort of thing, which is just yet another thing of how they're really advanced, but also really not. Well, maybe they just, when, I mean, they, they had still been using Kings and Queens up until I think I mean, they said fair, the revolution to be fair. We still have countries with kings and queens now. Okay, yes, but everybody knows that the king and queen don't really do anything, and it's essentially all the parliament. In some systems, in some systems, some places in the country or in the the world still have, like, just straight-up monarchies, man. What? Where? Like Saudi Arabia. Huh. I stand correct. I mean, they're not super common, but yeah, they still exist. Well, in this universe, they were all wiped out. And so they went hardcore in on radios. So what was the pale? Did you get anything about that, by the way? I have no idea what the pale is. So 
there's a bunch of books that talk about it. Like, it seems like a quasi-mystical sort of thing. And for a long time, I thought it was just, like, their version of the afterlife or something. But then it sounds like it's, like, an actual physical place. And it's, like, this really huge ocean that people crossed over to find this place. Because apparently this area that these people live in was, like, extremely out in the middle of nowhere. And so, like, I don't really follow... Uh, everything's weird. <laughs> it actually kind of presents it as essentially this lady, this Del Dolores, the lady who's the like thing that they revere in that humanist church. Basically what she did is when she started glowing, her lungs started glowing. Apparently she receded the water so much that it created like 10,000 islands or something. Oh, see, I the way I understood it, they had already found the islands before that happened, and she was just the person who, like, guided them there. No, what I gathered was that she used her superpowers or something to basically recede the water to find all the islands. And some of the islands were somehow inhabited. I could be wrong on a lot of this. So they said there were other islands that were inhabited, but the area that we're in in this game was not. But... It's just interesting and then they apparently like went in and just slaughtered all of those people and took yeah. their stuff. Including the Dolores Day lady who they revere or whatever, which has got a lot of um, implications. <laughs> Yikes. And I'm pretty sure it mentioned that he, her bodyguard, shot her. It did, yes. So it sounds like this was like a modern deity. Relatively recent for oh, semi modern, I, like I guess. Four or five hundred years ago, which I mean, four or five hundred years ago here, we would have had like muzzle loaders and stuff. But even then, the guns that they have right now seem not as modern as ours, so I don't know. Well, also, they just had a giant revolution and they apparently. Yeah, they, I don't they know, man. There's a lot of really strange stuff in this game. I don't really. The history is going to be real difficult to dive into. It's just weird because. All of a sudden, they're, like, dropping all of this backstory about, like, the origin of the... Or, like, the, the situation of the planet and things like that. Like, so much beyond the scope of... Things have been relatively contained up to this point, and I'm just really curious why they started branching it out so much. Because now I'm like, are they going to go anywhere with this? Is this just for flavor? Like, I'm not really sure what the angle is. I mean, you're just now coming out of your drug-addled stupor. I mean, it, it makes sense that over the course of several days going through withdrawal that you're suddenly going to get a lot of information that you otherwise would have already had. No, no, I get it from that perspective. I'm just, like, curious, like, if the game is going anywhere with it or if it is just for that sort of, like, flavor. I don't disagree. Like, I mean, there's a perfectly valid reason in the universe why these things are, like, you're learning these things again. I guess the short answer is... I can't really say until I actually beat the game because I have no idea where they're going with any of this, if anywhere at all. Yeah, and I guess it's just going to feel really weird if they're not going anywhere with it, but I kind of feel like they couldn't be because unless the game is a lot longer than we think it is, they're kind of running out of time to get to it. It might be something that you're supposed to experience on multiple playthroughs, or it really might just be nothing. I mean, I'm perfectly fine with it just being nothing. They also could be setting up this massive world for a sequel or another game yeah. that isn't and, in the same universe. And I think I did hear there was some kind of DLC coming, so maybe there's going to be something on that. Who knows? So it is possible that they were just kind of setting up the greater world 
to see what kind of people's thoughts are is, oh, this would be kind of a cool place to explore more of. Or, yeah, we hated it. So never mind. At least that's my thought. And I think that them expanding Harry's horizons over a period of time makes sense in a lot of ways because of everything that he's been through. And when they're presenting all this information, they're not presenting as if it's a new fact. They're just like, Harry has a question of who's this person. And then they go off into the tangent of talking about that specific individual, whoever that may be. So I guess getting back on topic, you talk to the mainframe lady and she basically says, Hey, you got to go get this other mainframe. In between that and everything else, I did the cryptozoologist. And yeah, the cryptozoologist was, it was kind of fun. And it was another one of those kind of give back moments. That also kind of melancholy, though. Like, I mean, it was it was kind of a downer, which a lot of the quests in this game are. And I kind of expected, but like, especially near the end, it got to be kind of depressing. In what way? Well, I mean, let's I guess let's not skip ahead to that. We can get there when we get there. But well, take us through it. So. Eventually, you find the cryptozoologist and his assistant, I guess, for lack of a better word, Gary, and they're setting up traps, and you talk to him and tell him that, hey, your wife is back home, or back at the inn, waiting for you, and he's like, oh, well, you know, I really should probably get back, but I really want to check on these traps, and so you talk to him, and, well, we'll check the traps for you so you can get out of here. Also, at this time, this is when I found the uh, the chest piece for the armor. Because Gary had it. How? What do you mean Gary had it? You only get to talk to Gary for like 10 seconds at the very end. You can talk to him right there while while they're out on the field, too. I talked to him then and figured it all out. What? I feel like I just blew your mind a little bit. I don't understand what you did that is different from me. I don't know. I just walked up and talked to him. So what did you talk about? Because your conversation with Gary went a lot different than mine did. So I asked him if uh, that racist mug was his that I've been carrying around this whole game. What that I've mentioned racist a couple times. mug? Dude, you've been talking about this racist mug for like ever. Where did you get a racist mug from? In the trash bin in the very beginning of the game, the dumpster that you dig through. I got no racist mug. I did. You dug in the trash like a hobo, didn't you? Yeah, of course I did. If it was an option, I'm going to do it. I I don't understand why not having a racist mug has prevented me from getting all of this stuff throughout the game. Well, this is the only thing I think it's prevented you from getting. I've, I've shown it to some other people, but this you is the first the time arms. it's paid off. You're apparently showing it all around town. No, the, the, arms had, the arms had nothing to do with that. Where did you get the arms from? There's a little girl in that. You like, showed your racist mug to a little girl, Andrew. No, I didn't. There's a little girl in the that little like fishing village area, and you talk to her, and she says, "Oh yeah, they washed up. I buried them in my sandcastle." And then you go look in the sandcastle, and there they are. And that's all you had to do. What little girl? I talked to a little girl inside of her house, and she gave me a bird that I could take back to the winding rags. Yes, yeah, it was the same girl. Was this a check that you had to do? To, to- I, I don't remember because this was like weeks ago now, but I had those arms for ages. Like, it's pretty much as soon as I got across the river. I just don't understand how having a racist mug in your inventory is somehow creating 
all of this dialogue that I'll never get to see because Harry is just gallivanting around town with his racist mug showing it to everybody. Well, so Gary says something racist to Kim, like a couple other people have, which is what prompted me to go, oh, hey, I wonder, is this mug yours? And he goes, oh, yeah, I wondered what happened. Or, yeah, that's mine. And he's like, cool. So how'd you get in the trash? And so then he starts to explain that, you know, I have a buddy who works in the sanitation who got me a key or whatever, so I don't have to pay for my own trash disposal. He's like, you're not going to give me a fine, are you? And I was like, I mean, it's just trash. Like, if I was going to give you a fine, it'd be for being a super racist, not for throwing your trash in the garbage. But I'm going to give him a fine for that. The Mr. Manager Garte pays his fine tax dollars go to that trash. And this guy is just taking his racist mugs and throwing them in the garbage. So then I pressed him on it some more, and he admitted that he was the person who threw the clothes away from the the body, which then led to, wait, so you were interacting with the body? And from there, there was a check that I heard a noise that sounded like some clinking, and from there, it opened up the possibility of, hey, what you got under your shirt? And it was the the plate armor. I, I just, I don't understand where I went wrong in this game. Well, obviously, it was the fact that you were so resistant to embracing your hobo roots. Like, I don't know what else to do. It wasn't about the hobo roots. I had gotten everything I needed from the trash. What detective do you know that goes rooting around in the garbage for racist mugs? I mean, this detective did, and it paid off. So, QED. I I cannot believe... It just goes around showing the racist mug to everybody... And getting massive plate armor out of it. Which also means, by process of elimination, that Gary is the guy who had that, like, collection of mugs, and in the house the union guy wanted us to get into, that's Gary's house. Why does he care about Gary's house so much? Um, well, it said he was, uh, like, a crypto-fascist was his description, which would imply that he's pretty anti-union, and that's probably why the union guy cares. That makes a lot of sense. I just, I can't believe it. So, so the, the game never specifically told me that was his house. I just kind of put that together based on all the information I had. Well, yeah, if that's his racist mug and it was in a collection with a bunch of other racist mugs. If he has a collection of racist mugs, why is he throwing one away? It was broken. He it's a broken mug that you've been carrying around the whole time. This guy's never heard of glue. But you go and you check and you're like, yeah, this is. This looks like this one would have gone with the rest of this set. So whoever lived here is our trash vandal. And then, so I already had that information when I was talking to Gary and made that connection. I can't believe it. I I can't believe. Because Kim even specifically pointed out when you, at least for me, when I took the mug and compared it to the other mugs on the shelf, he was like, I feel a lot less bad about breaking into this man's house now. And he said the same thing for me, but it didn't mention anything about the mug. And also, you've been carrying around a racist mug, and Kim is your partner? It's evidence, man. Evidence? It was in the trash! (laughs) With the victim's clothes and stuff, and hey, it turned out to be connected after all. I was right. I didn't... I'm not saying that you aren't right, but it was trash. Did you keep the poop that was on your ledger, too? Just because something is in... 
in the trash doesn't mean it's not evidence. Like, come on now. So you did keep the poop. No, I threw that toilet paper away, obviously. <laughs> you kept the poop. I knew you held on to that poop. I did not. I threw the toilet paper away. But it's evidence, Andrew. How can you throw it away? It's evidence. You're right. That was a slip on my part. I shouldn't have done that, but I did. If I had just gone around town showing my poop to everybody. Who knows what would have unlocked at that point. I, too, could have unlocked so many things. I just can't believe you miss out on a chest piece. I mean, there may have been other ways to find it because... The chess piece wasn't necessarily triggered by that. It was triggered by, like, a perception check while I was talking to him that I heard the noise. Although maybe having that stuff gave me the opportunity for that to open up. I don't know. Well, so, so I guess another me, question I have is, did you set Kuno down the right path? I mean, as far as I'm aware, like, I, I went and dealt with his dad and didn't give him the drugs and stuff. There is an option where there's a check that after you do all that... You basically convince him to kind of like pseudo enroll into the police corps. And then you're like, who knows? Maybe you'll be my partner after this whole Kim thing is done. Did you get that? No, I guess not. So, so neither did I. I just know know that that that's an option. So where did I go wrong? Kuno, where did I betray you? Apparently it was conceptualization or, or something. I just don't. So basically, there's so many things that you just can't get in this game unless you have high specific stats. Well, I mean, that's going to make the replayability really huge because like, I'm sure there's other avenues that we've gone down that probably would have been closed. And that's really cool to me. Like, that's, that's awesome that there's all these variables. It is really cool to me, but on the same standpoint, as a person who likes to 100% something the first time they play it, I tried to do everything on my list. There are so many things on my list that is, this is probably going to take a while that I'm I'm pretty sure I just can't do anymore. Yeah, basically everything that said this is going to take a while, I've cleaned up at this point. My quest log has essentially almost nothing in it. Well, who's the bad cop now, Andrew? Not me. You made fun of my hobo cop methods, but I was right all along. It seems that you were... Thank you. I'm glad you admitted it. And in that horrible disappointment. <laughs> no, no, we're not done yet. You can, we, we cannot be done yet. No. We got to ride that out for the rest of this episode, man. For the next 10 minutes. This unbelievable disappointment. I just don't even know what to do from here. What do we even talk about? Um, well, What's her face? We got to get her gun back. I want you, you know, to go get that. the thing. I go get the thing, I tell her, and she does the stuff and sees this white noise or this white pixel. And then you've, then you're like, hey, maybe you can't hear inside of it because something. She wants to record inside of it. So you want, you move some water around. The crab man is up there doing his crab stuff. <laughs> you're moving water around. And then you sit there and you're like, oh, okay, let's do this again. And then you listen inside the thing and you don't hear anything. And she's like, oh, you don't hear anything. I guess all of this has been for nothing. All, my whole life is a lie. Yeah, it is, lady. You know, sometimes things just don't work out. Ow. You know, your life is a lie. You've wasted it. That's harsh. Andrew, this whole game is harsh. 
It's like The Witcher all over again. With Harsh. <laughs> Andrew's right. Chris is wrong. The universe is as it should be. The universe is not as it should be because radio waves or computers or somehow there's some massive anomaly and some giant lady with glowing lungs is just creating islands out of nowhere. But the most important fact that makes the universe as it should be. No, no, that's the only fact that matters. Nobody heard your facts and (laughs) figures. Nobody cares about your facts and figures. Andrew was right, Chris is wrong. They heard it that time. You know what else they heard? Lucy's a good movie. <laughs> okay. Has it been long enough? I'm going to bring it up forever. It's never going to end until this secret <laughs> podcast happens that's only for me and you that no one will ever get to hear. Thousand years, Lucy podcast. <laughs> Lucy podcast forever. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> So, so then, then she's like, oh, I guess I need better equipment. So then you go talk to the stupid douchers again. You have a conversation with them, and they're like, oh, I want to do the thing, and we need to do blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I know you're setting up drugs, man. I know you're doing it. I know you want to do drugs. I know you want to do a massive <laughs> amount of drugs. I'm, I'm, I'm not stupid. Like, you, you understand that I'm the police, right? And they're like... Oh, he figured us out. <laughs> like, it wasn't that hard, guys. So then they're like, oh, you're the cops? Yeah, guys. Turns out I was the cop all along. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it turns out I don't want any of your drugs. But you know what I do want? I need the sound equipment you do have to move in there. Did you have them? Did you arrest them? Or did you have them set up their rave anyway no i arrested them you did yeah mostly because i was like look guys if you hadn't have been trying to lie to me so actively as the cops i probably would have let you go but like come on guys come on so i let them continue their rave and i specifically said listen but no drugs you guys can't do any drugs <laughs> boy my whole cop intuition has just taken a real nosedive yeah. I found apparently. my shoe. I never arrested Khaleesi, which I probably should have, even though she yeah. would have died. <laughs> Whoops. I never arrested those drug guys. The thing is, I kicked off the end of the game before I went back to see if they actually moved in with their sound equipment for her. Did you find more sound equipment for her? No, because when I arrested him, it just kind of ended the chain. So honestly, whatever you've got going on is probably going to be stuff that I never saw. I don't even know if I can see it. Because what happened was I did all that. I told them to move in. And then I immediately that night went to go find my gun. And I played a board game with Kim. I did too. Suzerainty. Because I needed to pass some time. I was like, okay, man, I got to get. We have to be here at 2200. I literally can't think of anything else to do. Let's just play this board game. How many times did you have to ask him before he gave in? Uh, though Just the once. Every time you fail, like you can just basically keep begging him and you just get like another more and more pluses to your check until you eventually roll right. Are you serious? Yeah, you're just like, please, Kim, please. That is awesome. 
Then eventually he's like, okay. <laughs> that is that is awesome. Because I got it on like the third try, I think. So for me, I must have just gotten lucky. There, there's a few times where I've gotten pretty lucky with, with my checks. Uh, there's a few red checks that I'm pretty sure I was definitely screwed on, but I somehow pulled it out. <laughs> Because there's a lot of times you get into a conversation with somebody, somebody that you are interrogating or whatnot, and then it gets to the very end, and there is no option to like leave the conversation or anything like that. It's just, hey, red check. Okay, do or die. Uh, I can't change my clothes, so I hope I just got this. Because normally, what I would do is I would leave. And then I would change my clothes to be whatever it is that gives me like a 50% or greater check. A lot of those instances, you don't have that option. And then you go into it and it's like, okay, cool. I have noticed though, it will still let you bring up the skills menu. So if you have a skill point to spend, you can do that. But because there were so many things at the end of the game, I feel like the skill checks that I was actually good at never happened. And maybe that's just because they were successes for me, but it felt so often that the things at the bottom were coming up more. The things that I all had two in, like reaction speed kept coming up. Uh, What was the other one? Endurance kept coming up. Physical hand-eye coordination kept coming up. Hand-eye coordination comes up a lot. All of those things kept coming up over and over and over, and I couldn't put any more points in hand-eye coordination. And so it's like, it just kind of sucked because I was kind of hoping it would be somewhat of a 50-50 split, and maybe I'm just, maybe it actually is, maybe I wasn't seeing the right spots or something, but it just seemed like certain things came up way more often than others, and having two twos at the bottom seemed like a pretty big detriment to me. I feel like the skills were pretty, like, relatively well distributed, although, you know, again, like a lot of things, it may just be a matter of the solutions that we found for different issues, but, like, I feel like my skills were relatively well spread out in general, like, in terms of the things it was asking me to do. Well, yeah, but you had threes and everything, so basically the sky's the limit from there. So what you're saying is, once again, Andrew was right and Chris was wrong? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it felt like the game was off balance. Has nothing to do with being right or wrong in this instance. Has everything to do with the fact that hand-eye coordination comes up so often that it feels like it's the only one that should have had a five. Well, in in the later parts of the game, it's become a lot more leaning on those skills, but I feel like up until near the end, it, it barely came up. I mean, maybe, but it just... It honestly seems like there's so many things, specifically anything in the physical column, it seemed like that came up way more than anything else. Maybe it was just the options I was choosing, but those were the options that I had available to me. Well, but also, like, think about all the times, like, your mental stuff pipes up, because those are all checks from the intelligence that you were passing. I mean, yeah, but do those change dialogue options? I don't know. Because if they don't actually change dialogue options, then what does that even matter? I basically just get to see myself arguing with myself for an entire game. Because logic and and rhetoric and visual callus would come up 
constantly and just start babbling on with one another. I had very little of that. Like I, I had an encyclopedia came up a couple times and rhetoric came up a lot, but the others, I just barely had click for me at all of, of the ones you mentioned. I just like, I kept getting things from like my, I guess, baser instincts, like shivers and stuff like that. Electrochemistry, like his, his low functioning lizard brain stuff kept piping up for me. The, the part that just, there are so many things that were, that were locked. So I'm pretty sure the one, one of the checks that you need to make is one of them that I had a four in versus a two for Kuno. And it never came up for me ever. I even reloaded. And before I had the conversation with him, put all the points that I could in that thing. And it still never, ever came up. And I just don't understand it. But all the time, physical stuff was coming up for me. In every situation, it's like hand-eye coordination or physical endurance or whatever. Physical instrument, endurance, half light, and shivers or whatever it is. Those things are always coming up for me. And it's just so annoying because it feels like if you have a four, maybe it's just because I had points in those things. So, like, it came up once at the beginning, and so I put a bunch of points in it, because that's basically the whole time I was playing this game. Really, the only thing that I was doing was constantly playing mitigation with my skill checks. Because every time a skill check would come up, I would go into the screen, and if I had, if I was less than a 50%, I would go into the screen, and I would see if, I, I could see if I could put a couple points in it. Because those are white checks. Realistically, mm-hmm. how many of those white checks did you do over? Um, when they came back up, I usually tried to go back just to get the extra EXP, but I didn't specifically go out of my way, usually. They might as well have been red checks, because so many of them were just, like, impossible to do. Yeah, but a lot of those were, like, you would get bonuses from having conversations and stuff, too. Specific ones, Yes. But not all of them. No, not all of them, but a lot of them. Like, I've been apparently randomly building up uh, pluses to rhetoric the hell out of that closed container. And I've had a theory for a while that there's like a D&D game or something going on in there. And that's why eventually <laughs> talking to it will let it work. If it ever actually does. Wait, wait a minute. That closed container, you had an option to talk to it to try and open it? Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I mentioned that back then. The the one that the bunker was on the crane at, at the very no, top. No, 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 not the bunker. Oh well, because I tried to open the bunker and it was impossible. Yeah, no, there was an impossible physical instrument check on that, and I was just like, yeah, no, because it was a red check and it was way high, and I'm like, I'm not even gonna try. Here's the thing, I saved and loaded just to see if it was even possible, over and over and over and over again, just to see. Because you get a critical, you can get critical successes. I got a critical success and it was still a failure. So you're clearly just not meant to get in that door. Or there will be something plot related at some point. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess that's possible. But normally, I mean, the thing is, after Kim, normally he says like, oh, maybe we can come back or something. He goes, yeah, some doors are just not meant to be opened. And then it even opens up a one more door thought so it opens up a thought to think about that door essentially 
did you actually think about it? Because I'm really curious, like what the eventual what that eventually pans out to. I want to say I did. I can't remember what the bonus was. If the bonus wasn't any good, then I probably didn't do it. But my guess is that that bunker may be related to the DLC or something. It could be. I don't know. Or maybe that's how you get to that island that we've been looking at that we haven't been able to get to this whole time. I'm pretty sure you just talked to the fisherman lady. Oh. Did you go on a date with her? No. (laughs) I did. I, I, I saw there was an option, but I never did it. I went on a date with her. How was it? It was nice. It was nice. We actually went to the top of that one thing, and she was kind of looking out at the island. And so it was one of the first times I got a, a, an actual decent view of the island. And she was just kind of talking about the sea and the sun and why she named her boat the way she did. And then she was just kind of... It was a very nice, very wholesome conversation that is just... In the game of depression, it's very, it was very nice. And then you even have the option to say, hey, can we do this again? And she's like, nah, you know, I'm not really feeling it. <laughs> and she's just like, I'm I'm not really ready for, for any of this. But honestly, this was a great conversation. And then at the very end of it, she gives you your sword. And so I've been running around with the sword for a while. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even know you had a sword. Cool. I'll have to look into that then. Yeah, I have a sword, um, which is even better because now I have a samurai outfit with a rockin' t-shirt and a sword. Uh, I do have the, maybe not a rockin' t-shirt. I do have a t-shirt. Is that the one you get from the pawn shop for like a dollar? Yes. Yeah, I have that one then. Did you get the guy's shirts, the douchebag guy's that have like profanity written on the back of their jackets. The jackets? Yeah, I did. You got them too? Oh yeah. I was so happy that there was an option. And then you're like, Kim, here's yours. Here you go, man. And he's like, and he's immediately like, I do not want to touch any of the, either of these. He's like, I don't <laughs> want that. He's like, but you said that this one seems more your style. He's like, I literally just didn't want them to have them. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, we never continued the cryptozoologist. I know. I tried to go back to it like two or three times and you just kept going. Anyway, go on with your depression story. We never finished talking about uh, your your board game with Kim either, though. I got annihilated. I didn't get annihilated, but I'd lost. I lost and I knew that I was going to lose. So at the very end, it said something about a trade war with Kim. And I was like, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for this. And so then Harry is talking about how he's like, it's on Kim. And it basically talks about how he depletes all of your resources to essentially nothing. And I ended the game with negative five victory points. I ended with 15 and he ended with 26. Yes. He got 26 for me also. Or actually, no, 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 no. He got, um, he got 15. And the reason I know it's 26 is because I went back and I did that multiple times just to see all the different options. There's actually an option where you obviously win and you end up with 31 points. Basically, you just do all the right things. Yeah. Although I never did go back because I specifically have a save called Board Game with Kim. (laughs) So that way I can go back and play a board game with him. And I I enjoyed that a lot. So did I, which is why I did a save like that. So that way I could go back and play a board game with him, even though. I already kind of know how it's going to end and everything like that. It's the only thing I didn't go back and do is start the game with do exactly what Kim does. I kind of want to now load up that save just so I can do exactly what Kim does. So I can kind of see 
what his reaction is. <laughs> because he specifically comes back and says, yeah, we're never going to have time to play this again. Yeah, he's like, better luck next time, except there won't be a next time because we're not going to be able to do, we don't have time for this. And so I was sitting there playing a board game on the boardwalk, waiting for this crazed lady with my gun to show up. Yeah, in the rain. But back to the cryptozoologist. Oh, it wasn't raining for me. No, it was for me. I actually played with him immediately outside of the bookstore in the rain. <laughs> did you buy the not D&D, by the way? No. I did. It's You get to read some funny stuff, but all it really has is a, f- a figurine that you get to keep. Oh, the case file. Okay. Is it the the one that you were talking about? Is it the un, is it the movable couch? Or no, well, not the movable couch. Is it the one where the unsolvable murder? Yes, where the guy couldn't figure it out for like 20 some years. And he's like he's he's wasted his entire life on this one case. And Harry looks at everything and he goes, "Um, he just he just choked, didn't he?" He's like, "Yep." He's like, well, he did hookah or whatever, and he goes... Right, he banged his head, yeah. Yeah, he stood up too fast, lost consciousness, banged his head on the sharp corner, and, and bled out. <laughs> and then with the reading the case file, even the case file is like, yeah, it was extremely obvious, and the fact that this guy couldn't figure it out is really depressing. <laughs> it was so funny. That was my favorite one. That was so funny. Then there was another one where, these, where he describes them as douchers who just keep moving this couch around and partying on oh, this couch yeah, yeah. wherever they go. <laughs> yes, I remember the couch too, but yeah, no, the the unsolvable murder or whatever was my favorite one. I loved that one so much. So back to cryptozoology. Right. So after I got the stuff off of Gary, I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do your uh, I'll do your your traps for you." And then Kim is immediately like, "I can't believe we're actually doing this." And he's like, "Well, we needed to get the guys to go home because they've clearly been out in the rain for days. Like, they got to leave." And he goes, all right. So I went around and checked all the traps, and there's four of them. I and mean, you check the first three. I repeatedly reminded Kim in each one. I went, I just want to emphasize yet again that I am not expecting to find anything. I did the exact same thing. There was a part of me that wanted to go, oh, no, the plasmid's not in there. Yeah. But every single time I did the, I, I'm not expecting to find anything. Like, you know that, right? I'm, I'm literally just helping out a friend. He clearly did not buy it at all, which was funny. So you go around, and then um, the last one you check, which for me happened to be the one where they started, the bugs are gone. Because this thing, they th- hypothesize, eats bugs. Locusts, specifically. Locusts, yeah. And they're gone. But at least for me, I immediately picked up on the fact that it looked like it had been picked up and jostled and not that they had been eaten or whatever. Yeah, and that's that's... You you quickly find out that that's Kuno, and that's the whole setting him on the right path conversation. Right. So you go back, and you report in, and you tell them. They get all excited for a second, and then you're like, uh, well, uh, actually, I think it was a kid. So then I went and talked to Kuno and did his whole thing, and yeah, he stole the locusts and built Locust City. Inside of his shack that then you take with you and go put back in the trap. Yeah. And then you do all that, and then you go back again, and at this point, the cryptozoologist has had a really bad cough, and he goes to, like, rest at Gary's house or whatever, and uh, it's become really clear that both of them, him and his wife, kind of know that it's not real at this point, and this is the part where it started to get really sad. 
I'm pretty sure he's still under the impression that it is real. I think he just realizes that he can't waste his life doing this anymore. Well, she's definitely convinced it's not actually real. Yes. And even worse, that she told him a story and he's like based his life off of this story she told him and I might have just have made it up and, you know, is our entire relationship built on a lie? To which I was like, no, I mean, even if it isn't true, which it certainly seemed like you believed it up until now, but even if you hadn't, everything else that you've done has not been a lie, like these things you've done together. And she's like, yeah, but would he have ever even stuck around to get that far if not for for this story? And that that's the part where I was like, oh, man, this is getting really sad now. See, I don't know. I kind of agree that, I mean, I, obviously her thinking down on herself is sad, but these two have made a life together, you know, following their dreams. Just because their dream didn't necessarily work out in this case doesn't necessarily... All I'm trying to say is just because there was some failure with their dream or whatever doesn't necessarily mean that all of their time was wasted. Well, yes, and I agree, and that's what I said. But, like, I don't know, at least for me, that conversation just ended on that really melancholy note, and it just kind of felt like I tried my best to to cheer her back up, but it didn't really ever feel like I succeeded. And then they're gone, and I'm like, I don't really like how that ended. I guess you could have went back to Gary's house and see if they were there. Yeah, I could have, but I honestly didn't even think about it at that point. But I should have. It would have been nice to kind of get a follow-up of specifically her and her husband having a conversation about that. About like, hey, you know, what if I was wrong? You know, I told this story or whatnot. And I honestly don't think her husband would have cared. I really don't think he would have cared. I mean, at this point... It might be one of those things where, oh, you know, I wasted my life doing this or whatever, but there's so many things that I've done in my life that I failed on, and I'm just like, it's just a life experience, you know? Not everything can or will pan out, and if you sit there and you focus on only the bad and only the negative, then all you're going to do is just depress yourself forever. And I understand that that's difficult and I understand that that's hard. I mentioned therapy at the beginning of this episode. I mean, I go to a therapist now and the reason why I'm able to have a much sunnier outlook on life in general is just because she's really helped me to kind of understand that you, you can't just replaying failures over and over in your life does nothing does absolutely nothing. All it does is bring you down, which makes you not want to try other things. And that certainly shouldn't be what you're doing. You know, if you have a dream to go out and do something, sure, you may fail. Sure, it may not work out. But what if it doesn't, you know? Yeah. What it, Here's the thing. What if someday down the line they find this thing in the rainforest or whatever? And... Maybe everybody called him a quack then, but all of the research that he had did and everything that he had done up to that point, they're suddenly going to be like, this is the guy who was looking for it his whole life and he never got to see it. And it's like, yeah, that's sad, but it's like in order to find new discoveries and find new things and figure out new stuff, you've got to put that time in, so to speak. I don't, all I'm trying to say is 
I, I, I think, yes, it's meant to be relatively depressing, but if you look at the life they built together, both of them seemed very happy. I agree. And that's why it was depressing to me was that she just, it seemed like she didn't understand that because I don't disagree with anything you're saying. Well, and, and I think we, as in Harry, would not be able to give her that. The only person that could give her that clarity and understanding is her husband at that point to be like, maybe you didn't see it. Maybe not. But that doesn't discount the fact that we've had X number of years of a happy marriage or whatever, because she, I mean, she was in a wheelchair and she was like, you know what? He probably would have never stayed if it wasn't for that. Yeah. Cause she even said she was in the wheelchair even when they met. And here's the thing. If he was the type of person that was going to leave you because you're in a wheelchair, he's not the type of person who's going to stay with you because of a random story that happened to you as a child about a cool bug. Yeah. That he just happened to be looking for. Here's the thing. Maybe he was lying. Maybe he wasn't actually looking for the bug this whole time. And he he really liked her and was like, I'm going to find this bug from your childhood for you. I'm going to do that for you. And maybe she gets back and he's sad because he wasn't able to find this bug before he got old, specifically for her. And maybe they're like, oh, I love you. You know, they are polite. <laughs> You know, they're all happy and polite with each other and everything. And that's the thing. Excessive, like, excessive politeness. I don't think that we're going to get that. And it just, on one note, it is one of those things where I kind of wish there was a follow-up. When I think back on it, this reminds me a lot of, like, Papers, Please and the stuff we talked about where, like, you're just kind of passing through these people's lives and you may never know, but all you can really do is hope that it worked out. Mm-hmm. Not quite to the same level, because a lot of these quests do wind up having a relatively satisfactory resolution, but things like the the cryptozoologist in particular, I was like, man, you know, I really wish... It would have been extra nice. I didn't, think, I didn't think about it until just now, but as we were talking about it, I was like, that does remind me a lot of uh, some of the stuff we were saying about Papers, Please. And it, it really, it does really make me think, it kind of, it is kind of upsetting that we didn't get to see more of it a specific resolution and mainly because I want it to be a happy resolution. I mean, maybe they intentionally left it up to speculation so you can kind of do with it, whatever you will. But if anyone was hoping that they would go home and get a divorce because she's a liar this whole time and he like hates wheelchair people. (laughs) Wow. Maybe you should really reflect on your life and, go see somebody because what <laughs> if your takeaway is oh, all, real quickly man oh girls are liars i can't believe she'd do that he hates wheelchair women and the only reason why he stayed around is because of this stupid bug that she lied about it's like okay let's kind of take a step back here i understand this game has been like a a drug-ridden mess that harry is trying to dig himself out of at least our Harrys are trying to dig themselves out of, but whoa. Yeah, for real. Like, yikes, man. That's a big old yikes for me, dog. (laughs) So I guess on to another depressing note is getting your gun back. Yeah. I actually had to, because I was playing board games outside of the boardwalk, I actually thought this was interesting. It hit 2201. I was like, cool. I just 
walked up to the boardwalk and there was nothing there. I was like, uh, what? It's definitely after 2200. Did I make a mistake? Oh, I just wouldn't load in because you were there. So I walked over to the church and, and then I walked back and suddenly she was there. And I was like, so in the narrative of this universe, this lady who is pretending to be a cop with a backpack of cop lights and my gun and siren noises is standing there hiding behind a bush waiting for me to leave the boardwalk i walk inside the church realize oh no i need to go back out meet that person i look at my lot what am i doing i'm trying to go talk to the crab man again and i just don't have time for this i gotta go i gotta go get my gun back i immediately walk outside she in that short amount of time rushed in from the bush and started going up there looking for anybody me specifically i don't understand why you know what would have been really cool is if it wasn't loading her in because of that right when i was basically wasting time uh, because what i found out was there's a ledger that you can read i found out that you can read your ledgers over and over and over again yeah and there's one specific one that only takes 15 minutes and so I kept doing that one over and over and over. It was the stupid bullet one where, yeah, the guy died. Wait, that's it? Yeah, he's de- he's dead. Well, did we ever find the killer? <laughs> no. What What do you mean? Like, yeah, that's it. Sorry, I don't really know what to tell you. Over 15 minutes. <laughs> like, what? Uh, okay. So maybe if I just read it over and over and over, the answers will change. Well, they didn't. I know that for a fact. Because (laughs) Because I needed to spend 15 minutes reading this. It would have been really cool if they had her just kind of show up, not on the boardwalk. But that didn't happen. So negative points, honestly, for the Disco Elysium people. Real missed opportunity for the siren gun-toting backpack red and blue light lady. (laughs) Such a distinction. Who calls herself the pigs? Good news for you is your gun didn't have any bullets in it. Yeah. Bad news for the lady. Turns out she has dementia. Uh, pretty severe dementia based on how she was acting. Mm-hmm. And at first you Kim just... Imme- Kim immediately says that it's pretty clear that she's listened to too many cop dramas and now she's just basically acting that stuff out. Exactly. And so then you actually... Did you... Did did you do it with enough time to actually go have Titus deal with the problem? I did, yes, because I was there, like, right away. So, obviously, I was, too, since I'd done the whole 15-minute thing to get there exactly on time. And after you get your gun from her, which is basically just her yelling about the pigs over and over and over, <laughs> me yeah. trying to convince her that I'm actually a cop, her not and believing her me. not believing it's just like, well, if you're a cop, show me your gun. I'm like, I literally can't. You have my gun. <laughs> I knew you weren't a cop, ma- ma'am, please. I actually showed her my badge at one point. She's like, that's a fake. It's a forgery or or something. I can't remember what she said. Yeah, then she's immediately like, that's a crime. Forgery under arrest. And so you go back and you talk to Titan and you're like, hey, man, there's this old lady out there. And he goes, uh... 
So you're making us deal with old ladies now? And Kim kind of speaks up and he goes, thought you were the law enforcement of this town. Figured you might know a little bit more about her than we do, and you might actually be able to help her. And then Titan's like, yeah, you're right. I I guess that. Then somebody speaks up and he goes, hey, didn't he have something like of yours? I was like, nah, no, 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 totally. She had nothing. It's weird. I, she yeah. had nothing of mine. I don't know what you're we talking just, about. We just kind of found her. Yeah, it has no, or not like we were there for any reason. Yeah, she just happened to show up, and we just happened to be walking by. On the boardwalk in the middle of the night. <laughs> it, just ignore my nice, shiny new gun that I have. Which I always had, you just didn't notice. Yeah, shame on you, Titan, for never noticing the gun that I could have shot you with this whole time. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so... They say they'll go take it. Once they realize who it is, they're going to give you some of that backstory about her having dementia. And again, sad because then Titus is like, you know, none of her kids have been by to visit in years. And you're just like, oh, no. And basically her whole family just abandoned her. Yeah. And so the, but- the cryptozoologist is a failed marriage. The lady has dementia and her kids hate her. And Andrew was right. <sighs> so with that unbelievably sad ending to this episode i think we've got to stop it here man i don't know what other options we have yeah i mean i've been enjoying going out on a high note for once but yeah because a lot of stuff's about to go down and we it's definitely going to be too much to cover with what time we have left so how dare you say you're going out on a high note a lady has dementia and a marriage has failed sir and andrew was right it has nothing to do with anything in this scenario. Boy. It has everything. <laughs> but, again, that's going to do it for this episode of Video Games Cover to Cover. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Video Games C2C and at our email or join us on our Discord server. And, as always, we will be putting the links to that in the description for the episode. I love Lucy. Ha, 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 ha!